0: Welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. I'm very happy to introduce you to my guest today. She's an expert in clinical and organization development psychology, and she uses her training and expertise to help women in leadership and team development. Her name is Mira Branku. Dr. Branku helps executives and their teams lead well today and better navigate tomorrow. Mira has a master's degree in counseling, PhD in clinical psychology, and over 20 years of experience in education, healthcare, and research, including an award-winning leadership career at the US Department of Veterans Affairs and a faculty appointment at Duke University. She seeks to help organizations strengthen retention of high-performing, underestimated talent organically by making these organizations a better place to work. Her organization development consulting firm was awarded the 2021 Corporate Philanthropy Award for their contributions to supporting underserved women professionally and economically. Dr. Brunko writes for Psychology Today and Thrive Global and authored The Millionaire's Guide to Workplace Politics. Her knack for unraveling intricate dynamics between people, systems, failure, and success is rooted in her immigrant experience and has brought her to where she is today, as well as the reason Towerscope has achieved such levels of success. Wow, Mira, Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Dr. Ernest Wade. I am really excited to talk with you today.
0: Excellent. Mira, I'm I'm really happy that you're here because uh, yeah, I know your focus is on women, and I, I just love to hear about the work that you're doing with them. But before we jump into that, I, I want to know, how did you get into this business? How did you get into the, the world of business from psychology?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> roundabout and not intentionally. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I um, I, I would say that, um, when I first started, let's let's just go really way back here. Um, mm-hmm. I came to America as a um, political Jewish refugee under a sponsorship program and didn't speak the language. And mm-hmm. I really think during that time during elementary school when I didn't speak the language, it planted the seeds for me to get really interested in um, how people um, get along, how people work, what is it like to navigate a brand new, um, you know, system um, within a new culture. And um, at first, that led me to being interested in counseling and supporting um, kids who were struggling and, um, you know, finding challenges in um, you know, succeeding and thriving in the educational system. Um, mm-hmm. Over time, I got much more interested in um, the impact of um, their mental health. Mm-hmm. I went back to to school for clinical psychology. Um, it was then that I started having like um, moments of uh, signals that maybe clinical psychology wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went into clinical psychology, um I just wanted a degree that would give me as much flexibility as the number of interests that I had, and um, which school counseling did not give, right? Mm -hmm. I was a school counselor and that's all I could do, but I had a lot of interests. And so the PhD in clinical psychology um, afforded me the ability to try different things. If I didn't like research, I could do assessment. If I didn't like that, I could do therapy. If I didn't like that, et cetera, et cetera. that was great because three years in, my advisor said, I don't think you want to be a clinical psychologist. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I know what I want to be. You're wrong. Um, and he, But he saw like, I was like leaning into supporting his lab in certain ways and thinking about things in a different way than the rest of the students. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know, maybe you want to be like an administrator or like, um you know, in, in behavioral health. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. So I, um, in my first job, it was with the department of veterans affairs and, um, it wasn't your traditional clinical job. It Mm -hmm. was supporting a research study. And, um, I started just doing assessments for this research study. At least that's what I was hired to do. Mm -hmm. But I, what I found myself doing was, um, wanting to improve the protocols, the standard operating procedures for the study and how people work together to make the study run well.
0: And
1: and I kept asking for more of that kind of work. And so um, the director was like, hmm, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to use you in a different way than what you were hired for. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what started my trajectory t- towards management and leadership. I became a managing director of that research study. Um, and then three years in, I was um, tapped for this incredible stretch assignment that nobody else wanted to um, really engage in, which was to support <clears throat> another research center serving as their interim director, managing um, Mm -hmm. what they called a hostile work environment, a toxic work environment. And um, my director had seen what I was doing in our own research center, helping people work together, creating uh, procedures and protocols for how we approach work and work, you know, function better. And he's like, you're the one to go do this and Mm -hmm. fix it. Mm -hmm. And um, that... Um, that is what changed the entire trajectory of my career. That stretch assignment, where I had the chance to really engage in that fully and get consultants to help me. And those consultants were organizational development consultants. And I was like, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing, what they're doing yeah. to help me as a leader in the physician. <clears throat>
0: So that's really cool. So so you so you actually had consultants doing organization development work come in to help you in your leadership role. So so you were leading and managing and then also sought the experience of of uh, consultants. So this is really cool, Mira, because you've actually had the experience of being the client and uh, as well as now that I know that you also have your own consulting firm, you are the consultant. So uh, uh, tell me, tell us a little bit about the work that you do because I know that you focus specifically with, with women and and leadership and team development.
1: Yeah. So, um, I was still continuing to, to, you know, go on my leadership career path had incredible Mm -hmm. trajectory. Um, and, um by you know um year ten of my career um, as a clinical psychologist within mental health research, um, I started um realizing that um we might not always get funded to be supported to do research within mm-hmm. the Department of Veterans Affairs, and I started thinking, what would I do as a backup plan if this didn't work out and and where am I going with my career anyway? Um, and it, and I started thinking about all of the things that I really enjoy doing most. And it was starting to solidify uh, or clarify for me that I really um, felt good um, when I could help other early career women navigate mm-hmm. their careers. And especially those who wanted to, potentially go into management and leadership roles. Um, and they were coming to me asking me, um, how did you navigate this large complex system and how did you become visible? And how did you position yourself? And, um, you know, how did you get this funding and get it approved and get those resources and all of these questions, um, that are all related to leadership development that mm-hmm. I had gone through. And, um, that's what started the company. So I started the company uh, solely focused on supporting women in leadership and especially like early to mid career women who were um, starting in their first or second leadership role with a team of people within large complex systems. Um, why women? Well, um, beside the fact that they were like, you know, coming to me for help and I thought like there's something there. Yeah. Um, there really was. um I guess an epiphany that I had that um, my, you know, up until that point, I just thought like my success were just like coming out of pure luck. I was in the right place, right time, but not believing like I had any skill set or there was anything, you know, any reason why I I ended up in these roles versus, you know, some other person or some other situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did start recognizing that um, when I didn't have great mentorship, Um, I did not thrive. Mm -hmm. It didn't go anywhere. And um, I had a great mentor who saw things in me that I did not see in myself, and who um, was able to serve as not just a mentor and a supervisor, but also a sponsor, um, which a lot of women don't have. A lot of women don't necessarily have um, adequate mentorship, Um, They're over mentored in all the wrong ways, like how to get along with people and under mentored in ways that advance their career Mm -hmm. Um, and have insufficient sponsorship because often um, people who are sponsors or those who are in a position of authority and power who can um, recommend other people usually recommend people who look like themselves um, and act like them. And that's usually White men provo- promoting more white men into positions of power and leadership and privilege, and um, I was in this weird situation where um, I was one of the few, um, you know, lucky few who were identified by, um, you know, um, a male sponsor, older way, you know, male sponsor who had already had his own successes was looking to um, really, you know. Um, Grow and um, strengthen the research center and identified me as somebody who had all the right skill sets. And that it doesn't happen very often for a lot of um, women, and especially not women with additionally marginalized identities. And so this made me feel like if I got this opportunity, I wanted to share with as many other people as I could, as many other women and women from marginalized backgrounds as I could, because it was um, a special and rare experience. Um, not fair to keep it to myself. So yeah. why not share it with everybody else?
0: I love I love the story, uh, Mira. I love the journey that you've had. And, and I, I, I want to ask you specifically to, if you're comfortable sharing a little bit about your experience being uh, someone who received... A coaching and consulting because you know as a woman as you said in a, a position of leadership, what what did you get from your coaches and consultants that helped you to to improve as a leader? And then how do you try to to to, to provide that for other women that you work with to, to help them in their leadership journey?
1: Oh, um, really great questions. Um, I think number one, the um, confidence to recognize I was on the right path. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, these these um, leadership roles and especially that first one was a very scary risk to take. Mm -hmm. Um, I was young in my career. I was a woman. People looked at me like I didn't know what I was talking about. In fact, they um, I got calls in advance of that from other people in higher levels, positions of power Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you know, nothing you how could you possibly take this on? You you don't have the right skill set. You don't have the, and and um it was um discouraging. And yet I sort of chose to ignore that and chose to lean into it. Mm-hmm. And um, the consultants and coaches helped me sort of um, hold on to that belief in myself that I was on the right path. They helped me continue to understand my strengths and how to apply them. Mm-hmm. They taught me. Um, Frameworks that were brand new to me about how to bring people together around really complex um, yeah. situations, especially like with organ um, organizational trauma, yeah. which is what I was going into, and I didn't realize quite at the time that's that's exactly what I was dealing with. So they gave me the name for what I was working on. They gave me the frameworks. They gave me um, sort of um, the tools for what to apply when. Um, for making change and at the right time points, um, how to think about aligning people around this, how to do listening tours,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, all of these skills that I—I I mean, you don't learn that as a clinical psychologist mm-hmm. at all, right? So that was incredibly valuable. And those are the same exact things that I've, you know, developed over time—you know, um, my own flavor of it—and um, help other women mm-hmm. um, and teams learn how to do to be as effective um, as possible and to feel as um, capable, confident, competent as they can to be the leader they want to be, to lean into it.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's that's such a, a, a great journey. I love the way that you talk about how they, they gave you confidence, because even especially, you know, as a as woman, I know women have different challenges than the rest of us confidence is one of those those things and just helping you believe in yourself right and then you also describe the way in which they gave you a name a framework right so it's not like you didn't know it, but just a framework that helps you recognize what you're doing and how to do it and then teaching you some new skills because as you said they don't they don't always teach you these things as a leader right as a leader you're not always taught hey this is the organization that i'm going into organizational trauma what that means how to deal with it but they they gave you the name and they showed you how to do these things I think that's 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 a really great example, and now you're doing that for other people as well. So, talk to us a little bit about the, the training that you've had in organization development as, as a psychologist, and how that really allows you to help other people now.
1: Um, yeah, so I think it's it's a combination of um, you know training and um, not all formal. So for mm-hmm. me, I sort of informally specialized in this by. Uh, reading a lot, by developing myself and engaging in ways that I can develop myself as a leader, develop my team, develop, you know, mm-hmm. the um, sort of organizational um, strategies to implement. So I was literally trying it on myself and my, mm-hmm. you know, um, team and group of people um, to see what worked in real life and practically. Mm-hmm. Um and um, then I did take um, a business um, essentials course. that's like a mini MBA from UNC mm-hmm. and took a, a several other certificates to um, because I really didn't want to go back for an entire MBA after getting a PhD and a master's degree. Like I was done paying for, for school at this <laughs> point, but I knew I was missing um, the language of business. Um, mm-hmm. I understood you know, a lot about the um, administrative processes within large complex systems, but not necessarily always the language um, around, you know, um, financial um, issues, economics, um, working in limited funding agencies, the, um, you know, um, marketing um, aspects of, you know, what what um, businesses do. So all of that was part of me identifying the gaps and, um, you know, supplementing. Um, the other thing that I did is even though I started my, my company in 2018, um, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, doing well, um, I still felt like there were gaps in my training and understanding mm-hmm. and, um, there, there, what, there came an opportunity that, um, I think it was like two or three years into my business that I could not pass up with the Department of Veterans Affairs. And that was to work for their National Center for Organizational Development. I know you and I have that yep. in common. You had that past experience, too. Yep. And it was um, a very um, rare opportunity to surround myself with clinical psychologists who respecialized as organizational development psychologists mm-hmm. for a large um, organization. And I was like, am I willing to slow down the growth and opportunities in my business in order to access this learning opportunity? And I realized, yes, I think I will grow more as a person and the business will do better over time if I slowed myself Mm -hmm. down enough to lean into this opportunity. Three years in, I'm still with them. I'm still learning. Um, And it has absolutely helped me um, continue to hone this unique identity between being a clinical psychologist, a consulting psychologist in business and an organizational psychologist, and like my flavor of it. That was critical, I think.
0: I love how you've, you've integrated all these different experiences that you've had and are now putting it together to help uh, you know all the women and the teams that you're you're working with. I know you've got a lot of other projects and you're also an author as well. You've written books as well. I'm really interested. Can you tell us some examples of some of the the work that you've done where you've you've gone in and helped uh, you know a woman leader or a team and and, and seen that actually come to fruition in terms of success for the organization?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are there are so many Examples of this, but what what I've learned over time um, from the all of the work that I've done with women in leadership is um, there is an important piece that is missing from traditional leadership development opportunities mm-hmm. um, when it comes to women and anyone else who has a marginalized identity. Um, because um, it's you're, you're adjusting your the way that you see yourself. Mm-hmm. You're moving, you're transitioning from seeing yourself in one way to being able to see yourself in a different way. But that is not necessarily always something that is vis- visible in the representation and the leaders around you. So you have mm-hmm. this assumption that you can only be a leader in one way Um, And you have to act a certain way and you have to present yourself in a certain way and be a certain way. And so um, the goal here over time that I've learned from working with a lot of women in leadership is to challenge and tease apart who are they as Mm -hmm. people and their strengths and what piece have they um, sort of um, taken in just From gendered messages from society that they need to just challenge and extract Mm -hmm. in order to continue on their path. And that um, is leadership identity development, not leadership development. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what I've come to see. And so, um, you know, that comes from like my early days of, you know, um, developmental counseling is who am I as a person? Who do I wanna be? And where am I going? And, um, sometimes shedding, you know, um, it's, it's the, what, you know, what got you here won't get you there, Mm -hmm. you know, idea that Marshall Goldsmith has put out, right? Uh, Like how you got to this point is not how you'll get to this point Mm -hmm. or this point. Um, and so, um, you know, I remember going through that myself, you know, having to sort of really question a lot about like, um, you know, do I believe that um, I need to be aggressive, and be a quick decider, and um, take massive risks Mm -hmm. in order to be a great leader? Or am I okay with um, approaching this in a more um, calm, thoughtful, um, you know, calculated risk kind of way, Mm -hmm. and teaching others how to do that? And am, am I okay with being an empathetic leader or a humble leader? you know, um, instead of an aggressive leader or a dominant leader, you can be a leader in lots of different ways. And, um, you know, I had to come to terms with that myself. And now what I do is help other people sort of evaluate that for themselves as well. Um, so with, with that in mind, I've developed, um, kind of a five stage developmental leadership identity, um, development pathway. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we work through that, um, We work through like what is our relationship to uncertainty and what does that mean for us? And what are the (laughs) next steps to leaning into uncertainty, Um, developing identity, mapping out a strategy for ourselves and our our organizations, um, navigating complexity, which is where the, the teams and systems level thinking comes in and then making a greater impact, which for a lot of women and the new generations We want to work for a place where we can make a big impact. Mm -hmm. And if we feel like we're undervalued and underutilized and can't do that, we're not going to be interested in leaning in like that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be interested in, um, you know, supporting a company like that. So um, that's kind of where I am right now. And I'm sharing that more and more in things like uh, an upcoming podcast, um, The Hard Skills, I'm calling uh, which is starting on Friday if you'd like to sort of uh, I, I've already invited you to join. So you're gonna come and join and, and share your perspective as well. Um the podcast is coming and then a membership community for um you know um centering women's leadership um and supporting women on this journey. So I'm I'm really excited about that too.
0: Yeah, I I love all the work that you you're doing. Mira I mean my 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 wife is a is a physician leader and so I, I have some some I've seen some of the the challenges that she has, uh, you know, as as a as a female leader in in the medical community, and so I I really am just so happy and and grateful to you for all the work that you're doing and for the the depth of experience that you've had. You know, you're you're pulling from your experience as as a as a female leader to be able to help other female leaders, and I think that's just that's just really awesome and really fantastic. Uh, you know, I. I we didn't even get into your, you know, your uh, personal experience that you, you talked about coming over as a refugee and I would I would love to to hear more about that and hear more about how that that you know integrates and, and, and is a part of who you are and how you how you do the work that you do. And so Mira, we're definitely just gonna have to have you come back. I think there's just there's so much more to get into. So I think we're definitely gonna have to have you come back. But in the meantime,
1: we just have to keep going back and forth from your podcast to mine, back to yours.
0: <laughs> we just keep going back and forth, but Mira, I know that, you know, you're doing great work and there's going to be people out there who want to, you know, get in contact with you. So how do people get a hold of you? How do they follow you? You know, how do people reach out to you?
1: Yeah, um two of the best ways is um on social media. I am, you know, on many social media platforms, but where I live is LinkedIn. I'm most active there. And so you can find me there at Mira Broncu, M-I-R-A-B-R-A-N-C-U. Or mm-hmm. on my website, you can check me out and um, our company Towerscope at www.gotowerscope.com.
0: Awesome, thank you. And then the last thing, Mira, you know, as we have you on here, I have all these great people on here. I just wanna ask you for a little bit of free advice for the people out there. What would you? What advice would you give to to all the people out there who are, you know, struggling in this this environment as business leaders as managers? What what tip would you leave for them?
1: Um, yeah, I think today's this is where I'm leaning today on on the advice mm-hmm. giving tip is um, if one path closes, your that's not um, your path and mm-hmm. Um, to keep trying, to keep persisting um, in other ways, use other methods, use other avenues to keep going with the things that you're most passionate or interested about. Because, um, you know, I've, I've received so much rejection, and it just means nothing. um, At this point, it's just that's not quite the right timing or the right way. But there is a way you just have to find it, Mm -hmm. If you just keep like persisting in other ways. And sometimes when I'm in the midst of rejection, I don't really believe that. But when I get out of it, I look back and it's always, always um, true that um, all of those um, paths that were close to me just opened up a different door for me.
0: Yeah, I I love that advice, Mira. It it reminds me of someone once told me that when you when something uh ends or or you reach a roadblock or, or you you know something something is closed off appreciate that because it's telling you not that way right it's telling you not that way it's not, it's not saying no way there is no way it's just saying not that way and so i really appreciate your yeah. your advice here for 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 people out there uh Amir, it's been fantastic Absolutely. to have you on this has been such a, a great conversation and i'm so thrilled that you're on here and again Really great work that you're doing with with women and, and female leaders. Keep keep going on, per, keep persevering and keep helping everybody out there. Thanks so much for have, coming on the show. I look forward to having you all back again because we're definitely gonna have to have you back again.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great.
0: Awesome. And for everybody else, I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. That's it for now. Bye.